Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the 10th episode of the Overanalyst podcast. Wow, uh, somehow you guys let us keep this up for two and a half months. Um, hey, double digits, woo! It is an auspicious occasion. I hope you're all doing well and ready for an hour plus of something that can legally be classified as entertainment. My name <laughs> is Brady, or the Overanalyst, on Twitch and associated platforms, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Martina, or Seth the Overwitch. Hi. And Mate, or Comrade Potato. Howdy. And today, friends, we have something special on the docket, as uh, we move... From my two-week takedown of Bioware to a retrospective on the tumultuous and increasingly embarrassing history of Blizzard, now Activision Blizzard, uh, which Mate is going to take us through. So please, sir, take it away. Oh, yay. Work for me. <laughs> I've complete, I, I actually am prepared this time. I've even written something down on, on a paper with, with a pen. I'm shocked. Yes, my hand is as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I usually use it for. I oh usually my God. use it for uh, my PS4 controller. Get right. your mind out of the gutter, Seth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anywho. Anyways, uh, well, Blizzard didn't actually start off as Blizzard. Uh, it was founded in February of 91st, 1991. You know, not 1891. Uh, as Silicon and Synapse. What? Which, yes, actually, that was their initial company. Uh, it was founded by uh, like three friends, Mike Morheim, Frank Pierce, and Alan Adam. You know what I want to uh, find out some some uh, at some point that some company was made by three enemies. Yeah. <laughs> Frenemies. Ev every year, every year they would meet uh, for a three-way martial arts duel, which <laughs> would determine who took control of the company for that year. No, no, it's like, I know this guy, I fucking hate him, but I don't want him to make a successful company without me. <laughs> <laughs> that would kill me, so let's let's get successful together. <laughs> Anyways, three friends, uh, initially they started off as making uh, ports for other developers. Mm -hmm. They would port their games to different platforms. And that was, uh, I guess, a good idea, because they got themselves in, like familiar with how other companies make games with the coding and everything <laughs> with uh, the coding and shit yeah with stuff <laughs> which got them to make uh, some of their own first games like uh, rock and roll racing and the lost vikings oh, oh i remember lost vikings yeah, they yeah. looked quite cute they actually made those while they were still silicon and synapse uh and they were Silicon and Synapse up to 1994, when for a very short period of time, they were called Chaos Studios Incorporated. <laughs> wow. Yeah, under that name, they did not release a single game. <laughs> okay, not cool. because they were unsuccessful at it, they basically were called that for a very short time. In 94, they were bought out uh, by Davidson and Associates for about seven million dollars wait 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 Dave davidson and associates bought a company that literally did nothing well no i assume based on their reputation as silicon and synapse ah okay i was like they, they bought chaos and crap for seven million and they no, no, no. like based on their previous work uh and they did uh that's about when they renamed to blizzard entertainment okay 
And uh, shortly after that, they released their first game under Blizzard Entertainment, Warcraft Orcs and Humans, Mm -hmm. which was a real-time strategy, which at that point, there wasn't that many uh, real-time strategy games uh, being released to the market, which actually they were surprised by. I think the the previous like super successful one before that was Dune Two. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And like they were surprised that there was none made, even though uh, the like developer of Dune Two was uh, quietly making uh, Command and Conquer. Mm-hmm. But, but by then this was a super successful game. Uh, funny little fact about Warcraft: Orcs and Humans: the game basically had no script while they were making it. Mo- like all of it was improvised in studio. In the recording studio by producer and sole voice actor Bill Roper. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Nice. Now, they had one voice actor. That element of the production aside, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong because I've never played it, by the standards of the time, Warcraft was an incredibly deep RTS. Uh, well, yeah. Like, yeah. accessible, but there was a lot of layers to it. Yeah, there was. Like, compared to, like, uh, what else was out there at the time, indeed. Awesome. And uh, just one other question I wanted to ask earlier. When they were working as Silicon and Synapse, I take it they specialized in porting games from one type of home computer to another, right? Actually, no. They were porting to consoles. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Uh, like, uh, the fact was, uh, even though Warcraft itself received a lot of accolades, it was still deemed as a niche uh, sort of game because it was in DOS. You actually oh, no. needed to have a little bit of know-how oh, to wow. install it and be able to even, you know, acquire it and play it. It was as in for, DOS. Yes, yeah, for like the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, you'll just you get your cartridge and you just plug it in and yep. you play it. Mm-hmm. And in DOS, you actually have to like type a little bit, install it, type a little more to play it. Was oh, it just like, you know, oh, I have this icon, double click, it works. Or just, you know, oh my God. plug in. I've Ooh. I've tried to play um, Elder Scrolls Arena, which requires oh DOS before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Emphasis on try. Um, it's the first time I've ever seen a Bethesda game fail to work because of something I didn't do properly. <laughs> Anyhow, um, they were owned by Davidson and Associates up until uh, 98 when they were bought out by uh, Vivendi. Ah, I remember that, yeah. 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 Uh, Which is uh, also kind of funny, because uh, at that time, it wasn't called Vivendi. It was called uh, CUC... um, God, wait, I've written down here. Uh, CUC International. Uh, CUC standing for CompuCard. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. they later renamed a lot of times, and uh, then the, their like gaming division stuck with Vivendi Games, mm-hmm. which was funny because they only had a couple of studios, most of which weren't that successful. Yeah, I remember seeing a Vivendi logo uh, while playing. I think it was Warcraft Three. I think that's right. Yeah. Anyhow, um, Vivendi also at the same time as they were acquiring um, Blizzard. They also acquired uh, Sierra Online. You oh. might also be familiar with them. Blast mm-hmm. the past. Yeah. But like they're only pretty much that ended up being like super successful was Blizzard. 
Um, and um, like they they mostly let them like do their own thing. They didn't like they they I guess recognize that they don't have much knowledge in like the gaming industry and stuff, and they let them do uh, most of their own decisions and everything. Nice to Though see. Not as much as Davidson and Associates let them. Because um, it's funny because uh, like CUC International uh, was their principal business was running shopping clubs, which offered members discount on all sorts of products through like catalog sales and telemarketing. Uh, it, it, it's funny because like they, they literally had no business like going into gaming. But imagine that they let the experts in game design and promotion handle those elements largely on their own instead of insisting, oh, no, 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 no. If there's one thing selling coupons door-to-door has taught us, it's that you need to have recurrent user spending in all of your titles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so l- later on, th- that same company that bought Blizzard, uh, Davidson and uh, I guess Blizzard from them, like their gaming division, mm-hmm. um, they started like merging with huge uh, hotel franchise company, um, and other stuff like that, like um, <laughs> car rental firms or real estate agencies. <laughs> it was like nothing, nothing involved with gaming. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, well, actually, they were. Wait, I, I think I fucked it up. Uh, CompuCard actually isn't vivendi my bad uh they very shortly afterwards sold to vivendi ah okay yeah uh which was great because i think compucard uh, later company that was called ascendant like completely fell apart yeah uh, yeah. because of mm-hmm. uh, i think it was some sort of fraud <laughs> great <laughs> like they, they like it was a good uh good thing for blizzard that they were sold off yeah, so basically, for a long time after that, Blizzard was just under Vivendi. They released a bunch of games. They released their first MMO, which was a rocking success. Like they beat out mm-hmm. pretty much in a year. They beat out every other uh, massively multiplayer online game there was. Uh, I think it within a year, uh, I believe they had about five million players, which was like incredible. At the time, it was um, just about, and I, I know this sounds silly in retrospect, considering some of the interfaces we have now, one of the most stylish, accessible, and like uh, aesthetically diverse and rich MMOs on the market. Like, I mean, if you compared it to other major MMOs on the market at the time, like I'm thinking an Ultima Online, or like an early RuneScape, or God Help Us EverQuest, um... Those games, especially EverQuest, are like a massive array of buttons with like a very low resolution picture buried somewhere beneath them. But Blizzard's interface, like from the outset and its world and presentation, feels so much more accessible to someone who wants to learn that kind of game, you know? Also, what they did was uh, they wrote a shit ton of lore. Yeah. I mean, a metric shit ton of lore. Like, they released books. That would like tie in the uh, Warcraft trilogy mm-hmm. together with the MMO before the MMO even came out. Mm-hmm. Now that's a pretty good way to create hype. 
Like, oh, I love it. Let, let you learn about the game by reading some stories from the game's history. That, that's that, that's a pretty brilliant marketing idea. Yeah. And it's a one they still use. They release. Uh, they usually release at least one book before an expansion hits. That sort of like ties in the current expansion with the next one. And usually little videos and the like anymore as well, right? Like animation. Yeah, but like those videos usually like just end up in the game and you get to see them. While okay. as uh, most of the, like the almost the entirety of the book story, you don't really get unless you buy the book and read the book. You don't get most of it from like just playing the game and learning the lore from the game. Which is great because if I'm going to play the game anyways, why would I buy the fucking book? Yeah. Or, you know, vice versa. Which, I mean, it's like they're, they're, they're leeching money off their like, fan base, but no, it's not. They're giving you more content. Mm-hmm. It's not gaming content, but it's still content. You know, that it was in the olden times where they weren't trying to just rehash the same thing over and over again to make you spend uh, yeah, technically money. Technically, they were still fans. rehashing it. Uh, they just did it more uh, discreetly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess better because it was less noticeable and uh, mm-hmm. you weren't as mm-hmm. annoyed by it. You know, like, oh, well, this is, you know, they, they reuse some old stuff to pump out content, content quicker. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not mad. And they, they also usually, uh, unlike certain uh, platforms, <laughs> Destiny, um, they would incorporate lots of new content and assets into any release that would also include or reuse some extant content, right? Like, usually... Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, a majority of assets would be brand new, right? I guess it would go up to 50-50, which is still yeah. okay. Of course. Like, you know, they don't, like, completely reuse the boss uh, model name and mechanics. They, you know, reuse the model, change the colors a bit, change a few things, change everything else. <laughs> it feels like a different fight. Yeah, it just looks similar. Yeah. Which, you know, not everything in the game has to be unique. But, uh, anyways, in 2008, uh, Blizz Vivendi decided to do a merger with uh, Activision. Okay. No! Yeah, it was funny no, because... it'll be fine. Uh, like, um, in, like, around 2006, uh, the CEO of Activision, Bobby Kotick, uh, he has been like trying to like build the company up out of near bankruptcy, and uh, Activision actually lacked in the MMO market. Hmm. So, like, when he saw how much money <laughs> WoW was bringing in in subscription fees alone, which at that point I was like, it was over a billion dollars a year. Uh, he Goodness started like approaching Vivendi's CEO about like potentially buying. Uh, their game division, which included Blizzard Entertainment. And uh, the Vivendi CEO, uh, Jean-Bernard Levi, Levi? I I, I don't know, I'm butchering it. I don't really care. Uh, He was open to a merger, but under the condition that uh, Vivendi controlled the majority of the company, the combined company. Because he knew how much WA was worth to uh, Kotick. Uh, and, like, Bobby, like, completely just uh, did a bit of research and found out, like, that uh, Blizzard has been was going more into the Chinese market. 
Right. Very and true. they decided that it was actually a good idea. So they did merge. And uh, basically, when the games uh, disappeared, and uh, they were called Activision Blizzard. <coughs> Crap Division. Um, <laughs> which is funny, because like they did that in uh, 2008, just before the release of uh, Rat the Lich King. Which is still considered one of the best WoW expansions. If not the best, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is funny that that technically came out under Crap Division. And, like, as I was researching this, it actually shocked me because I kind of remember that shit happening much later in the game. Yeah, yeah, no, like, it feels like they were acquired by Activision much more recently, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't, like, I'm, I'm shocked that it was in 2008. I think it's because publicly they weren't really referred to by, like, third-party media and the like as Activision Blizzard uh, regularly until fairly recently. Yeah, I mean, technically, uh, all the all the games are still released under Blizzard Entertainment. Right. Because Blizzard Entertainment is still a company of their own. Uh, their parent company is Activision Blizzard. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they just took the Blizzard part to, like, pump up their... Uh, it was a publicity thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. of course. Like, for sure. Uh, but... Under Activision Blizzard, they had a lot less uh, freedom of doing stuff on their own. Which, uh, in 2013, Activision Blizzard bought off uh, over 400 million shares uh, from Vivendi, who was the majority owner then. And now, uh, I do believe they own themselves. They own themselves? For the most part, yeah. Well, this might also explain some of it. If Vivendi still had controlling interest in Blizzard, then probably the way things were done around the company weren't uh, exactly synonymous with what we would typically associate with Crap Division at the time. Exactly. Exactly. Big Bobby was being held at bay for just a moment or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though, technically, Cataclysm is considered one of the not-so-good expansions, uh, which was released right after uh, Wrath of the Lich King. Even though, compared to the few recent ones, uh, it's still a pretty good one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah be because our standards have, like, lowered. No, yeah, they, they lowered our standards with their shitty fucking expansions. They lowered just... it all the way to Earth home. Or yeah. What, what, what's the explorable zone of the plane of Earth added in Cataclysm? Uh, I don't... Deep home. There you go. There you go. I'm, I'm hip. I'm with it. Yep. <laughs> Thank God I remembered. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you don't sound too too sure no, about that. it is deep home. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's the elemental plane. Um, yeah, <laughs> facts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, I purposely skipped off uh, a part of uh, the Blizzard company uh, because I wanted to do it separately, and that is Blizzard North. Okay. Which was dum, a dum, dum. separate division of Blizzard uh, that was almost like entirely autonomous. They weren't uh, given any like directions or anything from Blizzard, and they have made, guess you guessed it, Diablo. <gasps> uh, they were founded in '93, uh, and they were called uh, at the time Condor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, another and, great name. Uh, yeah, and they were doing uh, sort of like um, ports as well. They were working with like. Uh, other developers and helping them port to uh, right. different consoles. Uh, in '96, they were bought out by Davidson and Associates, and uh, which was 
like about nine months before the release of Diablo One, which Ooh. was I'm, I'm like such a lucky buy on uh, the part of Davidson and Associates because imagine if they bought him nine months later when Diablo was a huge, huge fucking success. <laughs> they would have paid a lot more. And I actually tried to find out how much they paid for them because that would have been an interesting number. And I can, I can manage to find the like the exact amount. Oh no! Yeah, I know it's a damn shame. I was really interested in that, uh, um, like number. how much they paid. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyways, they made Diablo One, which was a huge success. It was like. Um, super successful i think uh in the first month or so they sold like a million copies that yeah. sounds about right and they actually they are the creators of battlenet the original battlenet uh which they made uh they completed about two months before release of diablo uh, basically they just made it to support uh, the online play of diablo mm-hmm. uh and uh, they also made Diablo 2 in 2000, which was another huge success on their part. Just followed, uh, I think, a year later by the expansion. Again, mm-hmm. they pretty much sold the, like, in the first month, they sold, like, the exact amount of expansions that they sold the original game. Wow. So pretty much everyone who played the game was like, I want more of this. And I have to ask, because we, we never hear about it i don't think we always hear about like the diablo 2 um expansions how was the hellfire expansion as far as i know it was pretty good like pretty successful for me it was good i I played it um like even like i think a year less than a year after they made it like for the pc uh ea yep i'm not sure ea made it like ported it to uh to the playstation Long before, like, that name would become synonymous with death and anguish in the video game industry, <laughs> they were helping port, like, startup games. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! Funny enough. Um, and, um, about up to, like, June 2003, Blizzard North was actually working on their own version of Diablo 3. Okay. Which was scrapped by Blizzard, and uh, they started to make their own, which we all know how that went. Do we know anything about like the differences between their build and as the far main as Blizzard I know, the initial like Diablo three was supposed to be way more similar to Diablo two, like with all the okay. runes, uh, just everything would be like more advanced and more like expanded. Mm-hmm. So basically, Diablo two on steroids. Yeah, which I'm, I'm like, I would have liked to seen, like, uh, the, uh, I guess the demo they had or whatever they had like was incomplete. So it's the kind Blizzard of the decided we don't like this. It's kind of the difference then between, um, as discussed like last week, the Dragon Age four that Bioware really wanted and I think still wants to make, and the Dragon Age that EA wanted them to make. Like one is a good game that like the developers are deeply passionate about. The other though is more marketable and allows for more recurrent user spending through things like that auction house, eh? No, oh, yeah. That was a great idea. Mm-hmm. I, I like I, I don't mind it that much. It wasn't that terrible. Like if you actually want to buy gear you can now you can just pay someone 
to play instead of you and get you to gear. <laughs> you know, at that point, you could have just like, you know, you skipped the risk of allowing someone else to play on your own uh, account. And, yeah. And just risk getting hacked or whatever. Great. But um, anyways, uh, they were also at the time working on a Diablo-like game, okay. which would take place in space. Ooh. Oh. Fortunately, that was also never finished because <laughs> uh, Blizzard North was basically closed down in August of 2005. Mostly because uh, a lot of their developers left in 2003. Like in, Ju in June 30th, uh, I think, yeah, uh, nine developers, or key people, I guess, from Blizzard North, left to form their own studio, Castaway Entertainment, which, till the date of their closure, a couple of years later, never made a single game, or released a single game. <laughs> that was a brilliant decision. Well, yeah. uh, there, there was a lot of uh, conflict uh, with Vivendi. At the, uh, yeah, they, exactly. they were no longer they no longer had the autonomy that they enjoyed in their mm -hmm, games. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, sure they produced a lot of prototypes and pitches, and just Vivendi didn't pick any of them up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and another eight left and make their own uh, make another one of their own studios called Flagship Studios. They actually did make a few games. They made Hellgate London Ooh. in 2007, which was an action RPG, except like Diablo-like, except made in 3D and first person. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. which was interesting. Some uh, I've heard mixed reviews of it, but generally people seem to like it well enough. Mixed reviews, uh, it kind of fell apart and uh, was I think supported for another year of their own launch services by um, Jesus, who was it? I can't remember now. Uh, doesn't really matter. <laughs> even though I will check. Yeah, because it. uh, it's going to bother me for a long time if I don't, uh, if I don't check. Um, and yeah, Namco Bandai. They provided like uh, for another year. Oh, nice. Uh, like mm -hmm. free uh, server support. Mm -hmm. Anyways, somehow uh, the IP for the game... <laughs> And their other game that I'll come up to uh, ended up in the hands of a South Korean gaming company, which uh, redeveloped it as Hellgate London Resurrection in South Korea, yep. <laughs> where it was super successful. And actually, I think a couple of years ago, it released on Steam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it has, I think, quite decent reviews. <laughs> like, give me a second. It is amazing how many properties, like, kind of failed PC-based properties from, like, the early 2000s have just somehow migrated halfway around the world as free-to-play MMOs and are doing yeah. phenomenally well for themselves. Yeah, I'm, like, I mean, MMOs, free-to-play MMOs do quite well in the um, Eastern market anyways, so that's really no surprise. Yeah, like, um, Hellgate London... Recent reviews, mostly positive. Mixed reviews all around, but recently, mostly positive. Yeah, um, right Although it is only single player. Oh! Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, though and... they did add some new content to it. Uh, Hellgate Tokyo, and... Uh... Yeah, it's now being branded as Hellgate Global. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's like the what they were... They're also releasing, I think... Uh... 
Which just sounds like a venture capital company at this point, doesn't it? Or yeah. like what like, EA is referred to internally, like its true name. What's uh, also might be known as 2020. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. anyways, their other flagship studios game was uh, Mythos, which was an online RPG, which was also supposed to be like Diablo-like, but it never actually like was completed. And they actually used a lot of it to test the, like their networking for Hellgate London. Okay. Uh, it was expected to be free to play uh, and free to like uh, acquire. Uh, although, like, they never actually uh, finalized like all the details, considering like the studio went to shit. But uh, one of the founders of Blizzard North and uh, flagship studios went off to form a new game company called Runic Games, which mm. came out with Torchlight. Yeah. Which is another Diablo-like game, which was super successful. Yep. And it is perfectly, totally a-okay. I've, I've played exactly. Torchlight 3. Torchlight 3 wasn't that good. <laughs> I've heard yeah, the, the first one's alright. I have played the first one. It is okay. The second one's really good, and the third, yeah, is not fantastic. Yeah. Um... Which is kind of like in uh, the fashion of Diablo as well. <laughs> and Warcraft now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why Gaben doesn't want to make Half-Life 3 and Portal 3 and <laughs> all the other threes. It's like, they're gonna be shit. Three is the unholy number. Yeah, so just skip the three, make the four. God damn it, people. Uh, anyways, and <laughs> funny story, they have since left Runic Games and founded another studio. Oh my god. Double damage games. We actually uh, made the game um, Rebel Galaxy. Oh, oh okay. Rebel Galaxy is really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they do make good, good games. Uh, yeah, so, but apparently one per company. So, somehow <laughs> they've managed to avoid going into double debt. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're also making uh, the Rebel Gal Galaxy Outlaw, which is, I believe, a prequel. Sounds right. Yeah, but mm. no, Re Rebel Galaxy is fantastic. Um, good on them. Hope they can actually stay in their current office for a while. <laughs> it was like uh, I think they said they were super like tired of like the company got bigger and they didn't want to get stuck in like all the management uh, aspects of it, and they were just overwhelmed and it just left and made their own company. Mm. Which I mean, it's their own choice. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Whatever fair, tickles huh? your pickle. That, oh, <laughs> forgot to mention a few things about Activision Blizzard. Crap Division. <laughs> Crap Division, yeah. Like, some of the uh, IPs that they owned, that they own, pardon, uh, apart from, like, the ones you might assume, like Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk, uh, they also have um, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, um, <laughs> listen to this one. The Candy Crush Saga. No! Yes, because guess who owns the company called King that owns all those saga shit? Good old Bullshit. Big Bobby. Good old Activision Blizzard. Mm. Jesus Christ. Like, I did not know that up until, like, yeah, yesterday no, no. when I was doing the research for this. They do. Activision owns all of the worst things. Yeah, um. I was like, this makes so much sense. And they've owned them since... Uh, 2016. And correct me if I'm wrong, but King is actually a relatively small studio based out of Malta. Um, 
Yes. So, like, they aren't a powerhouse Texas. themselves. Mm. But, like, uh, Bobby and friends are helping them squeeze every single last bit of money they can out of your Facebook game-loving great aunt. You know what I was actually thinking? You know, in anime style, one day Crap Division takes off its masks and we realize it's been EA all along, and it's like, yes, it has been me all along. Oh well. In many different forms throughout oh, the yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, considering like how big Blizzard is as a company and everything, they actually aren't like they haven't had that many controversies. They mm, had some. Yeah. They had some big ones. Oh yes. But not that many. I mean, like recently they had that um, Hong Kong. Yeah. Yep. The the Blitzchunk ban, which yeah. was um, a big one. Yeah, but you kind of had to expect it from Blizzard. They basically like uh, they might be only owned five percent by Tencent, the Chinese mm -hmm. like gaming company, mm -hmm. but China has them by the balls. Mm -hmm. Well, because. But over the past few years, correct me if I'm wrong, even though the studio, you're right, hasn't had many legitimate controversies, there's developed this running theme over, I want to say, the past five or six years of something always going catastrophically wrong at their annual conference, BlizzCon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and sort of, like, they, they have had very little successful, like, non-problematic launches of any game. Like, you do have yeah. bones, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was that was a good i feel so sorry for the dude that had to go on the stage yeah and yes that. like people were like there's gonna be a big new diablo announcement and people are mm -hmm. fuck yeah diablo 4 or like diablo 2 remaster mm -hmm. diablo immortal don't you guys have phones you like, look that poor guy though if you read like his body language he was not only a little scared <laughs> <laughs> so apologetic like he did not want to have to do that yeah, yeah. he did not want to go out. and i mean that game is basically just not even made completely by blizzard it's made mostly by a i believe chinese company that has a very similar game which would make like the diablo immortal basically a reskin of the game they made come on don't you guys have mario brothers 2 um <laughs> No, no, it's it's probably something that was commissioned by the folks at Activision as, like, a free-to-play um, microtransaction-intensive cash cow, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and like, oh, people like mobile games, yeah! Oh, people like um, Diablo, yeah! Let's put them together! Yeah. Your money! Let's put them in the crash, Candy Crush uh, theme. Do you remember back in the day when people, like, serious industry analysts and God knows the CEOs of these major publishers all started claiming that, oh, mobile and tablet gaming is the wave of the future. Consoles are just going to die off. Nobody wants to play those anymore. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. I do, actually, yeah. What in the hell were they thinking? Well, obviously, I know what they were thinking. We want this to be true. We want to convince people of this so we can get their money with if less effort. Repeating it, maybe it becomes true. Like EA and nobody wanting to play single-player games anymore, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, no, that's just the craziest thing. Like, no, I don't want to play, I don't know, Dark Souls on my phone. <laughs> oh my god. That's but a bad idea. <laughs> what the fuck, Brady? Don't you have a phone? <laughs> uh, but also on the subject of mobile gaming, uh, King, the shitty company that uh, owns yeah. Converse, I feel, <laughs> uh, is making a Crash Bandicoot game. What? What? Yes, an auto runner. What? Oh god. 
Yeah. Uh, basically, like, it's supposed to come out this year, I think, uh, by the end of this month. Uh, but it's also been like a soft launch in uh, a few Asian countries like last year. Why? So they're getting ready to launch Ass Bandicoot so that they can make... Well, really, for them, it's going to be Cash Bandicoot. Jesus Christ, why yeah. do you bring a character back just for that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm afraid they're going to do the same with Spyro, and I honestly don't want to be alive for that. <laughs> Please don't uh kill my favorite franchise please tina you've already lived through the skylanders debacle all right okay. uh, listen to this description crash bandicoot is back but this time he's on the run and on mobile what's he <laughs> running from running from the king trying to crush it <laughs> that last part was added by me but like i'm actually reading the first part of the apple app store because it's oh available for pre-order <laughs> oh Oh, what a surprise! Offers in-app purchases. What? What? No. And, and look, look at all these features. Run, jump, and spin. <laughs> Holy shit, guys. You can spin in a Crash Bandicoot game. Oh, fuck no. Are there any Wumpa? Uh, oh my god, you can smash crates. I'm the most excited by the addition of this wonderful new running mechanic. <laughs> Jeez. No auto running. You no longer have to do the running yourself. Oh, oh right. no, that's too much. I, yeah, I remember as a kid playing Crash Bandicoot 1, and I was thinking, like, oh, I wish I didn't have to like, hold this one button to run. Jesus Christ, that was annoying. How yeah. am I supposed to hold my dad's credit card in the other hand if I have to run this entire time? No, no, no. They made it simple. You can just save the credit card, and you can just... Right. Of course. You know, yeah. They make it easy for you. They, they don't want to, like, complicate your life. <laughs> oh wow. my god. We are laughing, but we're crying internally. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> As ever. Oh, but guys, come on. Team up with an all-time favorite character, Coco Bandicoot. And Thank and I'm sure care. through time they're gonna add like a shit ton of others that you have to pay for. Oh yeah, of course. Why like, am I reading yeah. this? I don't want to play this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's how they get you. Yep. We're, Look, we're I'm gonna install this just so I can shit on it, and then I'm gonna spend a thousand dollars just to to be able to say I did it and shit on it some more. We're all just entranced at this moment. Like I, yeah. did, I was not expecting to hear about that today. Mm -mm. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot Auto Runner, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so sad. Thanks, Activision. Yeah, thanks, Activision. <laughs> Pieces of shit. <laughs> Anyways, one of the bigger Blizzard's uh, controversies was uh, the Warden client, which was okay. included in basically all their online games. Uh, uh, it's essentially a, a piece of software that uh, like sniffs through your RAM while you're playing the game. It looks at all the data and basically just looks for any trace of third-party software usage that would facilitate cheating. Of right. any form, whether it's botting, whether it's modifying the game, uh, whether it's like uh, just allowing you any kind of unfair advantage, mm -hmm. which sounds good, except the fact that it literally has access to non-game stuff, anything that's on your computer, well, in your RAM, but still, it allows it allows for potentially like seeing private information, and that all needs to get sent to Blizzard. So that they can check, you know, for cheating. Which, you know, 
caused a lot of like uh, negative um, response, even sure. though people quickly basically just f- forgot about it. <laughs> and I, I do believe it's still used. I'm not, I'm not sure entirely. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really care if somebody sees what I have on my computer. Uh, but um, at a certain point, they released an update to Warden. I'm not sure what year that was, but basically, it incorrectly assumed that Linux users were using a cheat program where they were, were <laughs> while they were only using Sediga, which is something that allows you to play video games on Linux. <laughs> oh, and I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, they banned a lot of users. <laughs> like they later issued a statement that they corrected and restored all the accounts and gave them twenty days of like game time. I would be pretty pissed if I got banned for for a shitload. The joke I want to make here is, like, come on, guys, don't punish them like they're already playing on Linux. It's... (laughs) But it's by choice, so you know. (laughs) Like, you know, oh, I love Linux for everything else, so I want to play games on it. Reminds (laughs) me of the guy who got banned from Fallout 76... For uh, collecting so many items and racking up so much playtime that even Bethesda couldn't believe somebody played their game that much. Yeah. Guy banned from Fallout 76 for playing too much. In other news, Fallout 76 player best halved in one day. (laughs) (laughs) It was an act of mercy. Yeah. Uh, Also, another big controversy, and this is a funny one, was with the release of Real ID. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, it was basically before Battletag. Uh, they allowed you to add your real-life friends through email. And okay. in your friends list, you would see their actual first name and last name. Uh, which, you know, they're your real friends. So why wouldn't you know their, like, actual, like, information like that? Mm-hmm. And it allowed you to play, uh, well, not play at that time. It allowed you to uh, chat with them through different realms in WoW and also between different games so you could be in okay. your world of warcraft and you could chat with people who were on i don't know diablo 3 okay fair sounds enough. great right like a proto discord except you can't really give it out to someone you've met online that you want to be able to do the same thing right because you don't want to give first of all you have to give them your email which is your email that you use to log into the game <laughs> and then they you know both your first and last name. You know, you're giving them a lot of right. information. Social security number. Yeah, and it wasn't that bad until they decided that you need to have a real ID turned on to post on the forums. <laughs> oh, Which yeah. I, I understand why you would want to do something like that. It's like an anti-harassment, anti-trolling like trolling measure, uh, adding accountability to what people post. I like it in theory. That execution is flawed. Oh, yeah, but here comes the funny part. Um, So a Blizzard employee, to (laughs) show people that it's really no big deal, gave gave his real name on the forums. Uh, So shortly after that, uh, the forum users posted his personal information, including his phone number, picture, age, and home address. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Gets doxxed. Yep. Yeah. And uh, not long after that, they came out with Battletag, which was 
good things because you know <laughs> playing between realms play chatting between games they even added their whole their like um it's sort of like you said like proto discord you have like communities mm-hmm. which you can create in the battle net client which you can like people can join and you can use voice chat or you can use text chat yeah except you don't have a lot of channels you have like the main channel and uh the like moderator channel mm-hmm which is still okay for most like communities. Bigger yep. ones are just gonna make a Discord because it's better and more convenient. But like th- those are basically like the 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 biggest controversies they they've done. Mm-hmm. They they haven't like you know they don't have a yearly one. Well, but <laughs> a yearly one. This is yeah, a this like is a minor one, but it's something I hear about all the time. What about their apparent lack of ongoing support for beloved uh, MOBA service Heroes of the Storm? <sighs> okay, here I, I don't like the game. Like it's it's not that <laughs> good. Like it's no. it's uh, for me it's like they sort of like wanted everyone to play it, but I I think maybe children could enjoy it because of how simple it is. Mm-hmm. But they they made it too simplified. There's like no it's team based leveling. You don't have items. You have your own like little talents, which aren't too relevant. And the moment you get slightly rolled by the other team, you've lost. It's nearly impossible to get back. And it also makes it nearly impossible to win if you have one teammate that's just refusing to cooperate in any way because it's team-based leveling. And there's also not even, relative to a lot of other MOBAs, that many characters in the roster, right? Mm -hmm. Um... Well, they actually have a lot of characters in the roster. I mean, they started taking characters from their other games and putting them into Heroes yeah. of the Storm. Like, Overwatch characters were getting ported in, and at some point they even required you to play Heroes of the Storm in order to get some uh, skins for Overwatch. Also for WoW, also for... Uh, you could unlock stuff in Hearthstone. Also by playing... Uh, leveling a character in wow to level 20 would unlock a hero in a hero portrait in hearthstone and they, they like to do that sort of like connection between their games which is kind of fun i guess it's fine it's like it it's not like you get this super amazing weapon mm-hmm. that will destroy everything if you play our other game and spend money on it no it's like you get this cool little vanity thingy that you can if you wanted to it's not a big feat to actually acquire it. Like leveling to twenty can be in you can do it in like four hours. Yeah. You know. But it's it's a fun way to like tie in their games. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something they have done pretty well. Because that's nice because th- that's basically what has made them so successful. Like tying everything in, like them uh designing the next few expansions in advance. Like you mm-hmm. know, thinking big picture instead of like just let's just make this one game. And then, you know, we'll they see created something of a self-contained uh, multimedia universe and always seem to plan out the ways in which they develop it. Like, they've become almost the video game equivalent to, like, a Disney circa 1990 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've got this universe that we're curating and selling to you in very specific ways. Yeah. Um, whereas Activision is becoming like a Disney circa 2020, as in we own everything and we'll do anything at all with any of it just to get a little bit more money out of you. 
Mm. Yeah, just Activision is just like, oh, make money, loot boxes. They also game. published Sekiro, of all things. Wait, Some really? Yeah! Like, it, it was not... Um, I want to say Namco Bandai published the Dark Souls games. Does that sound right? Um, but Sekiro was published by uh, Big Bobby himself uh, in the most bizarre choice of publisher I think I've seen on a major project in ages. It it doesn't fit Activision's catalog whatsoever, but I guess they saw FromSoft and saw dollar signs, so... <laughs> mm. Oh, uh, you! I just remembered. Like one of the reasons why why I believe Heroes of the Storm kind of got fucked uh, is because basically Valve fucked them over. Uh, okay. They were releasing uh, Bl- Heroes of the Storm was initially supposed to be uh, called Dota All Stars. <laughs> well, was, nice. Like supposed to be like a successor to the original Dota that was a map made for. Uh, Warcraft 3. Right. And, um... <laughs> Valve did it first. They got, like, the uh, maker of Dota uh, to, like, join their team, and they got into a legal uh, thing about it, and the Valve uh, came out victorious. Yeah, that's they really weird. They got rights to the name. They took the the rights to what would become Dota 2. There will never be a third because Valve published it. And that MOBA, for what it's worth, I do have a little bit of experience with, is, I actually think, really solid. Uh, wait, Dota 2? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of like... Um, I miss the old Dota because they changed it a lot. It's like com- almost mm-hmm. completely different from what it used to be. But it's it's still a fun game. I personally hate MOBAs, so yeah, not my thing. I, I don't know. I liked, um, I liked when like with my friends we used to like uh, join up at one person's uh, place. Five of us just brought their PCs and played like a LAN party, <laughs> but we play online. Yeah. And then yeah. at one point, like in three a.m. in the morning, one person is like, "Oh, guys, I need some rest." So like, play one as a team of four, and then one guy joins. <laughs> <laughs> and that oh that poor guy because at that point I think half the people are either drunk or stoned, and they're not playing their best by far. <laughs> they and, barely know which game they're playing. Oh God, I had a friend who was like, "I play so amazing when I'm stoned. Like I'm so much better than when I'm sober." Uh huh. Uh huh. Like cue him standing for ten seconds while the enemy team is just beating the shit out of him, and then he starts moving, and then he's like. <laughs> oh, guys, it died somehow. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's that's a far less serious equivalent of... No, I actually drive better when I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, actually. Like, whoa. Yeah, and yes, I sympathize for the random people around the world who just drop into that lobby. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, sorry, Imagine dude. trying to rank up and that being your last game before the new, like, um, new rank. Oh, I think at that point there wasn't really much ranked uh, in that, like, uh, when we played. Uh, I'm not lucky. sure. I would be really salty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we weren't really playing, playing ranked. And I think, um, aside from the properties we've already discussed, everybody knows, like, Blizzard and Activision are behind Overwatch, and eventually Overwatch too. But, um, <laughs> eventually, yes. 
before the acquisition, correct? I think it was before the acquisition. Um, Blizzard or one of the Blizzard studios made major waves with the first installment in the StarCraft franchise, right? Yeah, indeed. Which to this day is, would I be wrong in saying the most popular RTS in the world? Considering how popular it is in like the the Asian countries, yeah, I I do mm-hmm. believe it's. I I dare say the most popular one. Yeah. And as a result of that, and while Blizzard, to my knowledge, is also, from from very early on, has had a significant influence over the um, burgeoning esports industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what do you guys know about that? I'm, I'm not a huge esports guy. I just know Blizzard's fairly heavily involved in a lot of competitions and the like. Oh, God. I'm, I'm not. I'm also not. Like, I don't follow sports, and that includes esports. I actually follow esports, uh, but it's mostly Overwatch. Um, Overwatch League was quite successful during its first year and maybe second, but then afterwards it kind of died out a little bit. I think it died out together with the interest for Overwatch and people already being tired of it and wanting Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a little bit about um, like StarCraft uh, competitions. Usually they're being held again in, in Asia. Um, and from there also um, that meme came to, came to life, you know, that if you have someone uh, with a Korean name in your team, basically you automatically win because, of course. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're playing one v one and the other guy is writing Korean, just fucking leave. You lost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you lost. Don't well, don't yeah. even bother. Starcraft is the most popular video game far and away in South Korea, isn't it? Like just by units sold, hours logged, all of that. Yeah, I, think I think so. so. Yeah. So um, I remember when I like every year, of course, they have the um, Overwatch World Cup. And the the end, so the finale is always during uh, BlizzCon. And in every finale, it was always South Korea versus whoever the fuck. And of course, it was always South Korea. We, we, we let them get to this far just so we can crush them down. Yeah, um, so it, it sounds like Blizzard's fairly involved in the we pay you to play video game so people will see video game and pay us um, world. Um, which is interesting, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm also not a major esports person. I play a lot of single player, um, narrative driven story heavy games for, I I guess, like lonely losers. So I don't, I don't know, but (laughs) I know that there's loads of money to be play, uh, to be earned by getting really good at Starcraft uh, and or Overwatch and then managing to persist through, the somewhat challenging esports culture, as well as the the tournaments themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except I believe all of us are just too old to get into esports now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. like I... the equivalent of a uh, football player in his like sixties. <laughs> well, with with how how fast paced life in general is anymore, like if I feel like if you don't pick up a hobby by the time you're like four years old, you are already too old to learn. Well, yep. not just that. Like at this point, we are like our reflexes are not as good as we as when we were like eighteen, twenty, sixteen. That like, is so sad to think, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, and also, I like back then, like when I was in high school, I could easily go three days without sleep. Oh my god! Have a little nap, and I'm good. 
now I can barely go three hours without sleep. <laughs> like I'm fucking tired, man. I don't have to go to work. I'm in a similar I'm in a similar boat. I've gone from like needing maybe six hours of sleep a night to definitely needing like at least eight. Uh-huh. And I'm twenty three. <laughs> oh, you're you're in for a wild ride in a couple of years, my friend. <laughs> Two days ago, I slept 13 hours, and it was the best thing that happened to me. Oh, man, I've done that, like, I think once or twice after staying up, like, all night to work on a final project or something Mm. like that. The combination of a good long rest with the alleviation of stress, knowing you don't have to work on that big scary task anymore, Mm -hmm. is unlike anything else in the world. Except maybe the taste of a really good cake. That that might compare. Uh, My record is... A little over 19 hours. How? I felt like a piece of shit afterwards. Like, someone was beating me all night with a fucking, like, hammer. And I just, like... Okay, so what happened was I was playing video games for uh, three days straight, pretty much. Really? Like, not just playing video games for three days straight, but I was, like, doing other stuff. And instead of sleeping, I was playing video games. Right. So, like, 76 hours of... Like, 76 straight hours of not... Closing your eyes other than to blink. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm playing, uh, I'm on TeamSpeak playing with some friends. I set up a, a private WoW server so we can just do like PvP stuff, just practice PvP. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm just gonna go for like a power nap of 15 minutes and I'll be right back. <laughs> I go to bed, I don't even take any of my clothes off. I don't turn off my computer because I was hosting the server. I don't go off of TeamSpeak because I'm just going to get a, like a shut-eye for 15 minutes. I close my eyes and I open them immediately. Except it's been 19 hours later. <laughs> I feel nice. worse than when I went to sleep. <laughs> it was horrible. And the worst thing is after that... It's super hard to fall asleep at the yes! right time later. Yeah. Oh my god. It took yep. me like a month to recover. Have you have you ever hit those times? I'm assuming you both have then, where like you've been working really extensively, or you've just been up a long time, and you reach a point where it feels almost like you're too tired to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If you fight it for too long, you just like sort of become incapable of falling asleep for a while it's kind of like when you're super super hungry and then you get up hungry up until that point that you just can't eat anymore right yeah right. <laughs> that's horrible the takeaway from this friends is none of us are healthy <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah don't be like us god if i did something like that like nowadays i'm pretty sure i would die mm-hmm <laughs> I, uh, no, it's, it's weird. Like, you stay up all night, you start getting that kind of fragile, chilled feeling in your joints, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's an experience, but three days, man. That's feeling oh, yeah. in your joints, like, like a grandpa, you know? Like, oh, I feel the change of weather in my knees. <laughs> no, in my case, it's, oh my god, I can feel, like, every single nerve in my body at once. Please make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We are fucking old. So, where do we see um, Craptivision Blizzard going from here on? Oh, I, I'd hope somewhere better, but oh, let's be honest, I doubt it. 
like they're just gonna like oh let's see how we can cater to the player base the most so that they would like our games and play them and they're just gonna end up fucking everything up because like the, the the old blizzard way of doing things is we're gonna do what we think is best if players like it great if they don't oh there's players that like it yeah and they were super super like about customer service back then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like part of it was because like world of warcraft had uh game masters which would basically be just they it had their own characters in the game they would just like be playing the game sort of oh my god remember game masters were a thing yeah and they were just like you have a ticket they would spawn next to you and they were like um oh how can i help you they'd even do a little bit of role play and they would go out of their way to help you and nowadays they they also sort of go out of their way to help you but nowadays it's like efficiency efficiency you have to like be able to do multiple tickets at once so you just have like the tick tick system where you can chat with like 50 people at once Mm -hmm. and it's not what it was it's like it gave it sort of a bit of charm it might not have been as efficient but you know, it felt personal. Yeah, it felt like somebody actually cared about you. You know what? I'm I'm going to take that to to spin off one of one of our little uh, morals for the day. <laughs> Increasingly, and I feel like throughout the pandemic, this has become true of my work. We're taught to think about and value and prize efficiency above all else in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like you know, with the advent of the 24-hour, what I call the 24-hour digital workplace. Um, it's assumed that anytime you aren't working, you really should be, no matter what hour it is, that um, anything superfluous, not just in work, but in life, should be excised in order to get more things done more quickly. And using uh, Mate's example as like a, a microcosm, sometimes it's more fun to do things in an inefficient way, and you still get things done, but it's more fulfilling, it's more enriching, it's more human to think about how we do things instead of how many things we can do, I think. Yeah, I agree. Same. So what did you guys think of this year's um, BlizzCon, the announcements? Sorry, all I know about it is the uh, amazing way the Metallica performance was (laughs) automatically censored on Twitch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, um, Basically, the WoW stuff was nothing really new announced like you know big things like your next patch flying which mm-hmm. was known uh sort of like a little bit of content um diablo 4 i basically knew it wouldn't come out this year yeah and i don't really care because diablo 2 the remaster is coming out which i'm just hoping they don't fuck up like they did they did with the uh, warcraft 3 refunded <laughs> diablo 2 <laughs> redamned Warcraft 3 wrecked. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like hopefully uh the resurrection uh ends up being good. Yeah. Like, yeah. If they just go for like polishing it a little bit, it looks nicer and basically just like, you know, just give it new graphics, that's it. Yeah. Keep everything. And there's a different there's a different team working on that project, right? One that has had success with um well, ports Blizzard in the past. North no longer exists. Uh, or do you mean like different team than Warcraft? Different from uh, the Warcraft Three. Oh remake. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, uh, they better. Same folks who worked on the Starcraft remaster, right? Does uh, that sound right? I think so. Yeah, I, I do believe so. Okay, people like that. 
there's oh, yeah. hope. That one ended up good. I mean, that's pretty much the reason why they went with the other remasters. <laughs> <sighs> Hopefully, they just like give everything they promised this time. Mm. Yeah, which, which wasn't like that much. I was really, really hoping that during BlizzCon they would like shadow drop Overwatch 2 because it's like we've been waiting for it at for so long. Like at this point, they could have just unannounced it. Because nobody even gives a shit anymore, but yep. nah, they just said no, it's not gonna be coming yet. Just next next year, maybe. Yeah, but I, I still don't understand why they're doing a like a sequel game, like it for that thing. I would have much preferred if they just like made an expansion, and made uh Overwatch free to play. Yeah, basically that, that would have been a better idea. Yeah, I think that would just bring out a lot more like players even. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just gonna play Overwatch now that it's free to play, and you know, oh, I like this. I want the expansion. I mean, the thing with them announcing Overwatch 2 so soon is that people then were aware that they're not gonna be releasing content for Overwatch 1 anymore, which is like, yeah. okay, we know the sequel is coming, so what's the point in playing this one? It, it just like doesn't make much sense. Um, and for, for me, like the most ridiculous thing was when they were like, um, uh, during BlizzCon, they were showing like, oh, look at this new design of McCree and Widowmaker and stuff. And basically what they did is uh, Widowmaker now looks basically the same. She's just a little bit more shiny and McCree okay. has a little bit of longer beard. Oh, and oh. Uh, Reinhardt has a, has a uh, ponytail now. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, um, also like what you pointed out. Uh, what's gonna happen to the first game? Are they just gonna have to support two games now? Yeah, apparently. Until, until Overwatch 1 just fucking dies. I mean, they said that people with Overwatch 1 are gonna be able to be to play with people who have Overwatch 2, which is... I, I don't know why. Then what's the point of making a new game? Right, right. Yeah. If you're not changing, like, the core concepts of how the game works, what's the fucking point? And what happens to my skins from the first game when I buy the other one? I'm afraid since, like, basically the whole roster's carrying over, they're just selling you a few DLC characters and skins with the additional, like, buy-in price of $60 yeah. or $70 or the equivalent. I mean, that's what people said. This is basically a DLC that they named as a sequel. Yeah, but, like, still, charge me the full price. I don't care. I've been paying for expansion packs for, wow, the full price this yeah. whole fucking time. Like, I don't mind paying a full price for, like, a, an expansion or a DLC if the content is worth it. Yeah, of course. But this just seems fucking pointless. Agreed. Like, unless you're making two separate games, why the fuck are you making the other one as a standalone separate game? Just make the first one free to play, because realistically, after you put out Overwatch 2, no one's going to be buying the first one. Unless yeah. they're stupid, stupid or nostalgic or... I've, Stupid. I don't even fucking know what why else. Yeah, uh, and so so why not? Why why Blizzard? The fucking why? Money. Blizzard, why? <laughs> no, Seth, don't. We're gonna get DMCA striked. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like Metallica. <laughs> no, they didn't. They prevented it. You by, know. By, what did they but play over? Xylophone like, sounds. Ukulele and xylophone music. It, it'd be great, though, if instead the members of Metallica just walked out on stage with, like, little ukuleles and kids' xylophones and marimbas. <laughs> Xylophonica. <laughs> Xylophonic <laughs> sound. 
Yeah, but uh, interesting little video I've seen like uh, a couple of days ago. It's an old video actually, but like a year or two ago. Um, like how to monetize your videos even if you can't monetize them. Like even if you like don't um, meet the requirements of monetization on YouTube. No. You make your own song or pay someone to make you a song that you own the copyrights for. Uh, have it registered with content ID and just add it as an outro or an intro to your video. Uh-huh. And then you basically uh, claim your own videos with a different account that owns like the, the song. That's amazing. It also, if you get like claimed by a different company for any bullshit, they don't get the full profits of it. They get half of it. That is awesome. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. It's hilarious. Also, due to the fact that you're registered with Content ID, you will be claiming your own videos automatically. <laughs> I, will, I will try to find a video and link it in Discord later. Well, uh, I think we know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's write a song. Yeah. But yeah, as long as it's like recognizable, it works. Yeah. It's just like... Uh, I think the dude said he's not sure what happens if you were to put it in every single one of your videos. Mm-hmm. Like, would it automatically strike you for using too much? Yeah. Claim right. I don't think it would, because I think YouTube would rather cater to, like, people who claim things. So just mm-hmm. keep up the videos and just keep yeah. getting all that fucking YouTube money. But that's not the subject of today's uh, podcast, so let's... Yeah, yeah, we, we kind of slipped from crap division into crap tube. Anyways, uh, how are how do you guys feel with um, Blizzard now having Crash Bandicoot on Blizz 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 Blizznet Battlenet? Uh, considering what we found out about with King, uh, I'm scared. Well, I mean, um, they just on Battlenet gonna release the PlayStation Four. Oh, the right. Crash Bandicoot 4. Yeah, but the trilogy got released on um, Steam. Wasn't yeah, that also still... published by them? Yeah, but I guess this time they just decided to, like, you know, it was super successful on Steam. Why not release it for ourselves? Yeah, I guess. Why, why pay any sort of uh, fees to Steam when we can pay no fees? Is, no is that all we have to cover then? I don't know, just like Activision, please, please let, let my Blizzard go. <laughs> let my Blizzard go. Yeah, like, like, leave it be, come on. Stop bullying them. Also, let, let, let Blizzard, be. let me play your products on something other than a phone, okay? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. have a phone. I, I got a phone, I ain't using it for that shit, though. Yeah. In in my case, Bliss, please g- give me Overwatch 2 that is not a DLC of Overwatch 1. And get your shit together. Please. These are our wishes for the wonderful Wizard of Bliss. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for what it was a wide-ranging and incredibly informative installment of the podcast. Uh, exploring the varied history, the peaks and valleys of Blizzard Entertainment. Um, Thank you all so much for joining us today and for listening in. Until next time, you can feel free to uh, go ahead and drop us a follow or um, follow this podcast on any platform of your choice. We're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. Feel free to um, 
like Bookmarcus or follow whatever the system is for the platform of your choice, or follow our progress as both a podcasting team and a cadre of affiliated streamers at www.sefftheoverwitch.com, our official webpage, which launched this past week, thanks to Martina's tireless work in both um, creating and designing an attractive uh, web portal for all of us to share. Um, You can connect with us there as well as use a contact form to submit your feedback about the program, suggestions for future episodes, or just fun little messages or questions for us. We would love to hear from you. No dick pics, though. No. Um, Until next time, this has been Brady, or the Over Analyst, joined, as always, by my good friends Martina, or Seth the Overwitch, on associated platforms. Bye-bye. And Mate, or Comrade Potato, who I have to thank for a phenomenal amount of research and commentary, giving us one of the most detailed episodes we've seen to date. Um, Yeah, I've actually didn't research that much. I've known a lot of this info from before. Because I remember stupid shit that's not really useful in real life. But anyways, bye guys. (laughs) Alright, take care ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye.